Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. Hello, my loves. Hello, my loves. And welcome to another episode of Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship. Daddy, I'm going to always do it like that. Okay. How you doing? How you doing today, my baby? I'm doing, doing super. How you doing? I am absolutely wonderful. And before we get started, started on the topic today, mm-hmm. I just have to address a little something right up front, yeah. okay? Because there were a couple of us, sisters and brothers, I read your comments, I saw what you said, and they was talking about my hair. And they said, we wish she make up her goddamn mind if she gonna have gray hair front and black hair in the back. We're talking about my wigs. Oh, so I want y'all to see today that my sister... Tommy T has created some salt and pepper falls for me. Get that. Okay, now how you doing today, Daddy? <laughs> yeah, that's a woman thing. I'm doing wonderful, Mama. Oh, we're so ready. We are so ready to talk about this show today, Daddy. What are we talking about? Tell him. We're talking about your president, uh, Trump, and he has decided that he wanted to call the NFL players. Sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. Sons of bitches. Now, let's really break that down. Sons of bitches. So what he's saying is the mamas of these babies. Are female dogs. He's saying, well, that's what he say, Daddy, when, you, uh, when we do the, the spot for the radio. Female dogs. But he said they sons of bitches. Well, that's. A female dog. It is. That's just one dog, though. Bitches. Female it had to be dogs. a pack of dogs. A pack? Right. A pack <laughs> so, of dogs. Y'all president then came out of his mouth and then said the owners and the, the coaches or the owners and the managers should fire them. Get your ass off the field. And we're going to talk about it today, y'all. Are you surprised? Let's talk about it, Daddy. Sons of bitches. What are your thoughts in reference to it? Do you think uh, he was wrong, right, indifferent? Because we're going to go a few places with it. Let's go to the lines, baby. Let's do it. Hello, my love. You're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you calling from? This is Anthony Urbanski, and I'm calling from Austin, Texas. Hey, Anthony. Talk to us, baby. Well, I just think this – I'm – 47 years old, and never in my life have I ever heard a president cuss, mm-hmm. ever. Mm-hmm. I think it's disgusting. I think he's causing 
he's just causing so much conflict with everybody. Race with gay people like me. He's making fun of mentally ill people, handicapped. He's talking down about when I mean, he's he. I'm in shock. What do, what do you think about the individuals that seemingly back up everything that he does? Why do you think that is? Why do you think that that this I continues? I think people need that drama. Mm. I think they really need that drama. I, I or they're. I I couldn't tell you because it's like how just like Hitler, all those crazy people followed Hitler crazy like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I mean, I think you know these these NFL players are trying to make a point, and I and he the things he's saying is is just he's making people more angry. He, he's complimenting white supremacists. Talk to you know, him. telling them that they've got good people. You don't say things like that on national televisions to children. We appreciate that. Thank you, baby. We love you. <clears throat> you know, when you hear Anthony, who is a white gay man, and he's saying, I'm, I'm just taken aback because it's going too far. And he's saying things about Everybody. Like, it's not just personal to one. He attacking everybody. But we're talking about it today, y'all. Trump, somebody's president, because they're putting in the room. He ain't our president, Momo. He's somebody president, calling the NFL players sons of bitches. Let's go to the lines. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Hey, sweetie. This is Bernice, and I'm from Roanoke, Texas. Hey, baby. Hey, hey. Hey, I just want to say, you know, I'm a veteran. I did 25 years in the United States Army. And I think that I love how the NFL players are taking a stand because someone has to fight for us. And, you know, this, this NFL players, who are they for? The white male. That's the one that supports that. So let's just keep it real. And so for them, they had to take a stand for somebody to notice this mess. It's out of control. It's out of control. And he is not my president. I heard that. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, baby. Very much. Love you. Love you back, sis. We're talking about it. The president of the United States of America said on world TV that the NFL players that are taking a knee and that are silently protesting are sons of bitches. Are sons of bitches. Let's go to the line. Let's do it. Hey, my baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you calling from? What's up, Mo? This is Terrell Johnson calling from Chicago, Illinois. Hey, Terrell Johnson. I just had to call in and speak to you and Sydney about this catastrophe that we have as a president. I was in the chat. Do you know that it's illegal for someone holding office to try to affect the employment of a private institution. Like, I don't know if you know that, but Mm -hmm. I'm calling from Chicago and I'm a postal worker. I'm an employee for for the government. I'm a federal employee. You cannot, as a president, as somebody who is employed by the government whatsoever, you cannot vow to ask another private institution to fire anybody. That is actually illegal. You can do 15 years to 
just 15 years in jail just by that act alone. So him telling <laughs> NFL owners to get them sons of bitches, which is very vulgar, I might add, but telling them to do that is illegal. I don't know how that's going to work with him being president. I don't know if that's going to lead to his impeachment, but I had to call because it's disgusting. Like him, his behavior as a president, his behavior as a human being is mm-hmm. disgusting. He doesn't care about anybody but himself. Um, but I just had to let your listeners know that uh, so they are informed on the law and how he continuously seems to break it every time he reaches the podium. So I just had to share <laughs> my thoughts um, on that as well. Thank you very much. Love you, baby. Love you, too. And what's funny is, you know, what he was saying was absolutely true because they were having talked about it the other day, and it would be something to have him impeached on an act such as this, much like Capone getting uh, put in jail for tax evasion despite all the things that he's done. Mm -hmm. And it may be the technicality that is needed, but this man is causing uh, chaos amongst us all. And it's just interesting that when you have people that are labeled as... uh, instigators on both sides. You got the white nationalists who historically and the Ku Klux Klan historically have uh, been out against anyone who wasn't white and Christian. Mm -hmm. And then you have individuals who are defending that position of not wanting to have these people around them. And uh, they are looked at as instigators but when he is challenging the president of North Korea come on what would be the difference because he's calling him rocket man he's protesting him so now he would be the equivalent of the very instigator that he is calling these people but in his position he's saying he's defending America by doing this and you can't have it both ways come on you can't be against individuals for protesting the inequalities of America by taking a knee and then have people try to misconstrue it and say that is being disrespectful. When you are raised in sports, everyone knows when someone is on the field and they get hurt, what do all the players do? Take a knee. That is a sign of respect. When someone is about to be knighted by a queen or king, what do they do? Kneel. You take a knee. A knee is a sign of respect. So people are taking a knee as a sign of respect to the flag, despite the atrocities that are associated with that song that encompasses talks about slavery. Despite that, they are still respectfully taking a knee, but they're being looked upon worse than the white nationalists who and Ku Klux Klan, who have a history of hanging, killing, and de- having creating divisive measures in the United States of America. It feels like the subliminal messages, the subliminal, the undertone messages, because the NFL is full of who? People of color. People of color. That subliminal <laughs> message is, nigga, you better know your place. That's the subliminal, in my humble opinion, that's the subliminal message that's coming across because... 
when you have these players repeatedly saying, this has nothing to do with the flag, this has nothing to do with our veterans, because you have those players, some of those players are saying, my family members are still serving. We are taking a knee for the injustice, the inequality, the senseless killings, all of the acquittals of these black men and women and children. We're taking a knee to say we have to pay attention. And what's happening is the world is looking. The world is now looking, and when you have people saying, I'm going to burn my tickets, I'm going to burn the jerseys, I'm not going to show up, I'm going to back out of my deal because these players are being disrespectful, it feels like what they're saying is, listen, we need y'all to know your place. And we're more offended at you kneeling because you're kneeling in front of a piece of cloth that a man created a song for. We're more alarmed by that than the atrocities in which you suffered to make you kneel in the first place. Y'all, we talking about it? Let's go to the lines. Oh, okay. You know, and when you see the brother, what's the player's name, Daddy, that... um. We saw did the interview, and he got a little emotional because he was talking oh, about I, his daughter. I, I forgot his name. Uh, oh, y'all, what's the brother's name? Y'all know the brother that was just on Don Lemon, and he was speaking about his brother, uh, his daughter, and he's a football player. And he got emotional when they initially did the interview because it's like, we got to live in this country. And the leader of this country is spewing things like this. What are we doing? Like, what are we doing? And you have people that are saying literally, I'm scared. I'm scared. I'm nervous. We don't know what's coming up next. No, and it's not. I know Michael Bennett, but it wasn't Michael Bennett. It was another guy. Um, But at the end of the day, what we're looking at is a blatant disrespect for what we have had to deal with. And it's perpetuated even more when you see video of what we're dealing with and then the acquittal of these individuals. So the very war that the veterans are fighting for, the very freedoms that they're fighting for are in vain and they're being complimented by individuals taking a knee for what good is it to fight for a country and then the very country that you have fought for for the freedoms for, you're considered a nigger in that same country that you have fought, your forefathers have died for, black men being so brainwashed during the Civil War as to want to show them that they are for this country and the very soldiers that fought for the South were treated worse than the soldiers who were captured by the Southerners. And they were treated worse by their own people. This is the world that we live in. And this is what's being perpetuated in this man's campaign. Let's go to the lines. We're talking about it, babies. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? This is Sean. I'm calling from Washington, D.C. Hey, Sean, talk to us. Yeah, um, so 45. There's a lot of clown-ass BS all the time. So what he said didn't surprise me. Here's my problem with the whole issue. This all started because of Colin Kaepernick and what he felt was important to do. And now we're seeing what's happening, what's, what's been happening to him as far as being ostracized and all that kind of stuff. 
And so we had a few players who this season decided they were going to take a knee and this and that. And then he highlights the issue. And now all of a sudden, every team has something to say. Every team wants to lock arms or every team wants to kneel or every team wants to do this, wants to do that. The bigger issue is what Colin Kaepernick Come was on. focused on, the mm-hmm. social injustices. All you all did was collectively get together and stick your tongue out at this dude because he called you sons of bitches. I'm sorry. I was unimpressed and unaffected by that. Actually, I was affected. It pissed me off more than anything. This dude did what he felt was right, and now he's paying the price for it as far as his career is concerned. All y'all did was get mad. So when people make those arguments that these are a bunch of millionaires and they just this and that and they shouldn't do this and shouldn't do that, this weekend, for me, made me kind of think about that point. Oh, now you're mad. Now you're mad because they're talking about, he's talking about taking your money away. Now mm. you get mad about it. I understand folks got families to take care of, and you, I, I get all of that. The Great American Dream, all, I get all of that. But locking arms with the owners and the coaches and this and that, all because he called y'all sons of bitches, where were you last year? Where were you at the beginning of this season when folks decided to kneel? Where were you then? This dude's doing nothing but dividing us, and all you did was let him know that he can just keep picking and picking and picking and picking and picking. And anything he say, you're going to hop on. Mm. That's all I'm saying. Baby, and well, you, you said, said a lot. Okay. That's right. That's right. We, we love you, baby. That. Love y'all back. Thank you. Okay. Talk so, on it. Okay, so what, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. And I want to say it. You got this Tommy okay. T, y'all. Okay, so tell me the difference between, and you know I'm always messing up everybody's name. You mind reading. Okay. Ka- oh. Ka- Ka- Colin Kaepernick. Ka- Ka- him. And his institution, which is the NFL. Right. Okay. And Monique, the comedian, her institution is. Entertainment. Entertainment. Mm-hmm. So she brings out this whole issue of equality. Mm-hmm. And she makes a stand, and now she's put on public display with her livelihood, mm-hmm. and sometimes her character, her family, all of this is targeted. But now all of a sudden, when it gets to a point where it affects the whole of the industry, and someone wants to make a, 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 a group effort to unify to say that y'all are messing with my, my finance or you're messing with my equality, or y'all messing with all these things that are affecting me as an individual. Mm-hmm. Tell me the difference that's the, the difference that's between this issue and the issue that we've been talking about. How many? How long we've been on this? How long you've been on this radio? It's been a minute. Okay, so what's the difference? I just this is just a question that I'm putting on the table because I want to know. The, I want to know the difference. The, there is no difference. Okay. And the thing is as Monique and I have had the discussion, it's kind of like being in a class and somebody is teaching something and you don't get it until you get it. And you don't know what's going to be the thing that makes you get it, but that's the reason why you keep on keeping on and having a conversation because you don't know what's going to be the proverbial straw that breaks the camel's back and make people understand. And what happens is Donald Trump, is emboldened by the fact that there are many people of color who are unwilling to stand up, who are unwilling to do what a Colin Kaepernick did because had they all acted a bit sooner, because again, this didn't start with Donald Trump. It started when President Barack Obama was in office. Come on. So this wasn't about Donald Trump. This was about the inequalities and injustices and what oftentimes because it said so much that is overlooked is that people of color are fighting for equality. 
while you have other people with tiki torches saying that we should not exist because we are inferior. Now, one is fighting for just to be considered equal, while others are saying that you are inferior and they're concerned about you replacing them. So when you have this dialogue, that has been created by the forefathers of this country, which people hold in such high esteem. And the truth of the matter is there should be a level of accurate assessment of who they were as it pertains to these times now so that we become unafraid of making the necessary corrections in real time that were created in their flawed assessment of how the world should be several hundred years ago. <laughs> you know, Daddy, that last caller that called in, and he was very passionate. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and when we really think about it, and that baby cat who took that knee when President Obama was in office, it's not getting the same attention as when Donald Trump is in office. But when we really want to unify, and this is my humble opinion, y'all, do y'all lock arms and say, we got to lock arms until y'all put this brother on? Because y'all know the only reason you took him off is because he exercised his right. He exercised his right to do what he felt. It's not like y'all took him off because he is a piss poor player. And if he was, that's when y'all say, hey, baby, y'all know. We can't stand behind him because look at the numbers. But when you look at the numbers and you look at what he did and y'all say, y'all, we know the only reason why they're sitting him is because of the stances that he's taken. Do we lock arms and say we got to hold on to each other, including the owners, because they locked arms with the players because Donald Trump says sons of bitches. Do we now lock in and say we got to play this one fairly? We got to play it fairly. You're listening to Open Relationship with Monique and Sydney Hicks. And as it pertains to Jerry Jones, see, this is the other aspect of it, too. Jerry Jones had his arms connected with the players and on a knee before the national anthem. But once the national anthem played, from my understanding, he stood up. So what that is is I'm going to give you part of what it is that you I'm, I'm going to give you part of the optics, but I'm not going to allow you to kneel for the national anthem in my stadium. I'll, I'll, I'll try to give you what you ask for, but not really. Mm. And still, he got Trump's message across while at the same time trying to make it appear as if he was with his players. But essentially, if his players said, we're going to need to kneel throughout this whole national anthem, I would wonder how that would look, especially in a world where people are telling you this has absolutely nothing to do with the disrespect for veterans. That's too easy to hang your hat on. And then people lose focus of the fact that if the United States was so enamored and so concerned about the veterans why is the state of the fair for people who fought in the war so abysmal? 
Why are there not the opportunities for people who have fought for this country available? Why are people dying to get health care? It's not because the NFL players are taking a knee. Mm. It's because the very government that they're trying to make it appear that these players are wrong for taking a knee against a flag. But meanwhile, they're hiding the fact of all the destruction that goes on to the minds of these people who are going out and fighting a war, oftentimes not knowing what they're really fighting for. Come on, Daddy. And we as people of America need to stop getting caught up with saying this is the best country in the world. Come on. Because when you have the flaws that we have, saying that we're the best country in the world speaks to how terrible the world must really be. Oh, and we shouldn't brag about, kind of like Chris Rock said back in the day, don't brag about being a dad. Don't brag about, I watch my kids, I feed my kids, I clothe my... Bitch, that's what you're supposed to do. Come on. That's what you're supposed to do. So when we stop having the problems that we have that were typically initiated because one side feels that they can do something that the other side is not privileged to do. I'm not for war. I'm not for nuclear bombs at all. But my thing is, if you go back to the old principles of you can't ask somebody not to do something that you feel like you should be able to do. So realistically, if I'm the president of fucking North Korea, as it pertains to warning bombs, I'm going to want mine too. Come on. If y'all got one and they got one and they got one, man, I want mine too. No, you can't have yours. Why? Because it's us. Come on. Him talking about how oppressive this man is over there is no different than how oppressive this man is over here. Mm. And my suggestion would be, since they world leaders, let's let them knock it out. Okay? Don't be a world leader sending other people in the battle to die for you. Y'all two knock it out. Y'all have a beef about it. Fuck the bombs. Pay-per-view. Save some money. What? We're on star. Save some money. You could take the trillions of dollars that we spending on black budgets to kill fellow uh, uh, earthlings and use that to feed the same people that you're trying to kill. And if he shouldn't have it, then we shouldn't have it. And no one should have him. Come on. Because why do you need a bomb to kill somebody that kindness can do the same thing? Kindness can do the same thing as those bombs, except it won't annihilate them, but it may kill the hatred that's inside of them. Let's go to the line. Y'all, we talking about it, but let me give Bruce the number, baby, because he keeps saying, what's the number? It's 404-832-2963. Hey, my baby, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you calling from? Uh, this is Chad Hill. I'm calling from uh, Indianapolis, Indiana. Hey, Chad Hill, talk to us. Talk to us, Chad. I, I was watching your, your Periscope feed, and I agree with everything you're saying. Um, here's Here's my question as it pertains to, like, actual relevant change. People kneeling is wonderful, but I, I really think that, like, Trump is blowing us out of the water on purpose to, to put a pause on real protests, which, if you look back historically, civil rights movement, any, anything that was effective change, 
change doesn't really happen until you hit their pocketbook. Come on. So my que- my question is, and um, and I'm I'm a pastor in a church, so so I have to deal with this too. Is what where where is our unifying voice that actually is, is putting together a plan to unify and not just protest and, and engage in social rhetoric, but actually hit these people where it hurts? Because those owners kneeling is not a big deal. Are we willing to go as far as like players don't come out of the tunnel and play? until Kaepernick gets a job, where owners start losing money. I don't think any of those owners, including Jerry Jones, were doing anything but covering their own butt. You, yeah, you're right. You're right. And I, I just don't see a lot of wisdom going on. I see a lot of emotion and passion, and that's all good. But at the end of the day, this time next year, if there's not something done that actually hits them in the pocketbook, then we'll just continue in this circle, and, and our children will still be fighting this fight. Excellent point. Thank you, baby. Very much. All right. He hit it right on the head. And part of it is that we need to stop looking for one voice to be the voice mm. and start using our collective voices as one. Because when we decide collectively, and that starts from us as individuals in our household and being able to communicate effectively, not argumentatively, not angrily, because there's a level of empathy that it's going to help you to have for individuals who buy into what Trump is saying. Because when you have a world that was designed with absolutely, for hundreds of years, with absolutely no counter or opposition to the thinking of the white is right movement in the United States of America. When you have the decimation of the native uh, turtle islanders or what we refer to as the native Americans, and there's really no restitution for them. When you have the 40 acres in the mule that we were promised, but we don't have to give that to them because of everything that's transpired. When we have all of these things that have taken place in our society, you then understand why there are those people who are white who believe that this is the way it should be and those people who are of color who believe that it's happening for so long it will never change. So once you understand this is the way in which you train a flea, you put a bouncing flea inside of a jar so that that jar has a lid and it keeps hitting that lid. And if it keeps hitting the lid long enough, When you take it off, it doesn't believe, despite the fact that the lid is off, that they can jump out of the jar. And despite the fact that there is no longer a lid on the jar, the oppression, the fear, the murders, the rape, the history of this country has got us living as if there's still a lid on our psychological jar. And it's not. And once we understand that and move forward... We are giving the world an opportunity to be its very best because we are trying to create an equal world. We are not trying to overthrow the powers that be so that we can now impose our will and be in charge and over top of. We want it to be the true melting pot that is supposed to be where everybody can get along and everybody can enjoy the fruits of their labor. That's all I got to say about Uh. that. That's how I do it. We're going to the line, y'all. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? 
Hey, Mo, this is Bruce John from Dallas, Texas. Hey, Bruce, you got in, baby. Finally got in all right, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Talk to us. But, but yeah, man, uh, I just wanted to hit on what, what y'all were saying was completely right. And um, I really feel like Trump is really trying to divert what the real purpose of him kneeling down for because, like, they do all the time when we start trying to make a certain kind of wave in the black community towards unifying ourselves. Like when he took the knee, he he also got um, programs he be giving money to and all this stuff like that. So when he took a knee, they took notice, like you said, to the world. Now the world know, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like the world know. And now that Trump got involved in it, it's like he trying to um, push the push an agenda to where we get away from that and go solely on how did it come from injustice to talking about disrespecting a flag? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that doesn't make no sense to me. It doesn't make no earthly sense. The only thing that makes sense is money to him. And so if he can make some money off of it, like when Jerry Jones took a knee, everybody knew it was BS. Everybody did. You get what I'm saying? That's the reason why he did it. He's one of the major people that's making money off of sports. He exploited, he's been exploiting sports ever since he's been here. So he's a billionaire at doing it. He's like one of the people out here in Dallas. Everything got his name on it. So he's trying to make his face look good. People in Dallas knew it. You know what I'm saying? But it's like they trying to push this out. They trying to push Kaepernick out the way. People like Kaepernick. And they forgetting about the other running back out there, too, in Oakland. Uh, Marshawn Lynch. Come on. People forget why he went to the why he went back to Oakland. You know what I mean? So I'm like, man, I, I feel like we coming together as people, real, real, real big now, and they and they can't sweep this one under the rug. That's all I feel. I feel like they can't sweep this one under the rug. It's too many people that take notice in it. It's too many of us hurting. It's too many of us that have prayed for this change. And now when that man took a knee, that just opened up a whole floodgate for people like me. To say, man, look, we got somebody back to stand on because somebody that's making over two, two, $22 million a year took a knee where he put his own livelihood on the line. We don't know what these, po- these folks fit to do to him. But it's like, it's like he did that. He did that, and I'm on his back, and I support him on it. I support him for it. But I appreciate y'all for having me. And I hope I ain't overtalk my. <laughs> no, nah, brother, you was just you was just saying your thing, man, and we love to hear your passion, brother. Thank you for calling in. Love you, baby. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. All right, brother. Mm. Donald Trump, the forty-fifth president of the United States of America, referred to the NFL players as sons of bitches, and the NFL players, along with uh, you know, some of the owners locked arms. Our baby cat took a knee. And there were some NFL players that said, hey, you better behave. Don't you do that. Now the question starts becoming. Because, again, that young lady made a very good point when she said, wait a minute, y'all. We didn't lock arms when Cap took that knee. Matter of fact, some of us start telling him how foolish he was and how he needed to get in line. 
Now we locking arms because Donald Trump said that the NFL players are sons of bitches. So when we lock arms, what are we really saying? Like, what are we, what are we really saying? And, and, and that young lady that put a thought in, like, what are we really saying? Oh, and what is really being said is we have to do something when someone is so blatantly ridiculous that the whites that would normally be on their side are not going to be on the side. The people who are black that straddle the fence or of color that straddle the fence and want to buy into what Trump's saying, it gets to a point where you can't abandon the fact that they are avoiding using logic in what they're doing. You can't have empathy for someone who has a history of killing people of color being against Jews and find the empathy in your heart to say that they're good people on both sides while you have individuals who are NFL players who the great majority of them have some sort of foundation in which they're giving back to the community, but they're sons of bitches. And what is it to be a son of a bitch? Are you really saying something derogatory about the player? Or are you really saying something derogatory about the origin of this player and their mothers by referring to them as dogs, as female dogs? And because he just said players, we're going to overlook that 70% of the players are black and a population where 15% is black. See, there's wow. 70% population making up the NFL players, but it's a 15, 12 to 15% population that makes up America with people of color. So it's, it stands out in a different kind of way. We're talking about it, y'all. 404-832-2963. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Hi, Monique. This is Renee. I'm calling from New York City. Hey, Renee. Hi, Sydney. Hi, Tommy T. Hey. Uh, I, I was watching your forum today, and I agree with everything that you were saying. It, it really hit a lot of points. But I just want to say, sometimes Trump's desire, he, he, he causes a little diversion where he'll say, he'll have everybody focusing on the NFL and calling the players on the field, son of a bitches. But meanwhile, there's a, rock, a rocket launch that's going on in California and it'll, it'll take everybody's attention of where that rocket launch is going. Like, it went up. Nobody know where it went and when it came back down. In addition to that, the health bill was on the table where people were taking votes. Good thing that didn't go through. So when he says these things, sometimes he uses it as a diversion to get us focused and emotional on something else. But you got to continue to read the New York Times every day and focus on what else he's doing because every slip uh, in some Supreme Court justices in, and we won't even know because we're so focused on the emotional aspect of what he said. We already know who he is. Trump is going to be Trump all the way to the end. It's not going to change until we get him out of office. But you got to watch exactly what else he's doing because he's a slick son of a I don't know what. Hey, that's good looking out on the diversion team, okay? Come on. You, you out there on the diversion team just checking folks out because that's the mystery of magic, misdirection. That's the power of it. Mm. And he's... 
he's doing a great job of it. And Sydney, I just want to say, I don't really agree when you say take the monuments down. It will never take away history. History is already in the books. You can look it up, but those monuments got to come down. It's just, those are symbolism of, of, of power and supremacy. You say that they you say that they have to come down? They have to come down. My, my thing come is down. my thing is I, I I'm not against them going down as much as I am against with the with them going down though that's on another note with them going down I don't want it to ever be a situation where the world doesn't know what's transpired to make it a better place. And I believe at some point it will be. But destroying them and using monies to destroy them, I don't know if it's better to destroy them or rebuild a counter to them. So where you may have a Robert E. Lee, you may build up a Frederick Douglass. You may, as opposed to destroying what's transpired, because oftentimes when it's destroyed, it's forgotten. Mm -hmm. So that's the downside of taking them down. And in my humble opinion... Myself as a black man, I'm strong enough to take those images and I want my children to see those images so that they will be cognizant of the strength that is necessary to make it in this world. And if we let other people who are white see those images and know what they stand for and what they represent and it's in your face, then you can't deny why equality is so important. But when it goes away. The very things that, uh, as they say, when you forget your past, you're destined to repeat it. So that's the only thing in reference to that. But I understand why you say they should go down. Yeah, because it's always going to be in the history books. It's not, the history books are never going to go away. Yeah, but, but it, how many of us are reading? a sense of power. How many and, of and us are why, reading? That's why there's so much controversy around it. How I'm many sorry, of us are reading the history books? How many Excuse of us, me? I said, how many of us are reading the history books? See, I want to say 100%. Well, <laughs> I, we would want, we, hey, listen, I would want to say that too. But we know the truth of the matter is what we're discussing today and what we typically are discussing is not something that was etched in historical text. What we're typically yeah. speaking in reference to is what's happening in our current events which is outside of the books. And we go and we refer to the books to sometimes check what's happened currently. So that's, you know, there's no right or wrong in it. I just feel like we as, 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 as people, I'm strong enough as a black man to see a Confederate flag hanging up, but I want you to let the people know what that Confederate flag means. And I need to see an antithesis to that to that flag and individuals who stood up against that 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 uh, Confederate flag and these things. I mean, we sit there and we talk about Abraham Lincoln and how he's this great emancipator. Several weeks ago, I read about ten quotes that spoke to the fact that this man is was a racist, and he said outrightly that out of the races there should always be a superior. And an inferior, and as he saw it fit, the white man should be the superior race. To me, that is not up there with the Gettysburg Address. And that right there misleads people into thinking that Lincoln was something more than he really was. 
And what's so wrong with having the historical facts spoken correctly and written correctly? So that, that was, that's my I little two cents. Him to the own, I would compare him to the owner on the Cowboys where he knew he was in a time and it was a certain place that just means life or death for him. So there were certain things that he did fight against, but he, he, he kind of balanced himself on the line to try to keep himself safe. But at the end of the day, he wound up dying anyway. And there it is. But we appreciate you calling in, and thank you for the love, ma'am. Thank you, honey. All right. Bye, Mo. Bye, baby. You know, and this is why I appreciate our show, Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship, because it allows the conversations to go to places, sometimes unexpectedly. Mm Mm-hmm. And I remember us having the conversation about those monuments and, you know, and when you hear a caller say, well, Sid, you know, I disagree. I believe they should take them down. But then when you explain it fully, when you explain it fully, it makes sense. Let's not take it down because we all know what history means. History is his story because we know in a lot of those books that we read, we know that's his story. So out of sight, out of mind. And the one thing that came to mind when she said it'll always be in the books, when my niece was going to high school in Texas, she said, Aniki, slavery is not in our textbooks. Slavery is not in a textbook. It's been removed. And I said, well, however did they remove slavery from the textbooks? She said, Aniki, it's not there. And when Black History Month comes, we speak about, of course, Martin Luther King, Rosa Parks. And the only thing they tell us about Malcolm X is that he was uh, what, what they call us when, when we stand up. And it's a, it's a V word. You lost me on that one. It's baby. a V. Thank you, uh, James. Vigilante. Yeah, you know, oh, okay. that's how they explain him. So it's like when we say let's look at history, they can't erase history. Sweet baby, yes, they can, and yes, they have. And we got to dig deep to find out what's really going on. It's like the brother we just found out about, Daddy, um, Abner Hayes, mm-hmm. the football player. Mm-hmm. That brother said, no, you got to take a stand. And at the time, those players were saying, oh, man, but what about the money? What about?" He said, what about 30 years from now when my sons look me in my face? And say, what did you do? And he was with the AFL. Come on. Before it was the NFL, it was the AFL, or running one side against the other, if you will, like the NBA and ABA. But exactly, there's nothing new under the sun that's taking place. Let's go to the line, baby. We're talking about it. Hey, you're on with Monique and Sydney. Who's this and where you're calling from? Monique, this is Gene. How you doing? I'm calling from here in Atlanta. Hey, Gene. (laughs) How you doing? I actually, I'm glad you all are bringing up this topic because it's, it's, it's a really, really good topic. But my heart is really heavy, Monique. I have to ask you this really quick. Okay. Um, did you hear the comments that Lee Daniels made about you on The Breakfast Club the other morning? What did he say, baby? He actually, um, well, Charlamagne asked him, is he still, he said, are you still blackballing Monique? And Lee Daniels kind of... Made a statement, but I, I wanted to see what you thought about the statement. I thought you may have saw it the other day. It, what, what was the statement, Sugar? He basically he basically said that he wasn't 
blackballing you and he would definitely work with you again. Basically, he's trying to like kind of squat. He tried to kind of braze over the whole thing, in my opinion. But he basically said he would definitely work with you again and all these things. Like, you know, she's an artist and I respect her work and, you know, all these things. So I was just wondering, had you heard it and what was your opinion on it? Yeah, you heard it. <laughs> now, is that what had your heart heavy? Yes, it really did. And I, I couldn't wait to call you today. I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> Let me did. tell you something, Gene. You're touching my heart to tell me that you were walking around with a heavy heart about that. Mm. You, you know, um, yeah, I, I did hear it, baby. And what I will say is is I heard it. And eventually mm-hmm. it'll be addressed. And mm-hmm. it, it you know, it'll really be dealt with. But yeah, what I will say is I did hear it. And please don't you have your heart heavy. And l- l- we'll say this also, because she she won't say it, but there was also a part where he said, uh, but you offered Monique the role and he said uh, no, that was just a rumor. And then he changed it and he said, well, mm. she was up for consideration. But every black woman who was in Hollywood was up for consideration. The thing about it is we live in a day and age where you have to be able to prove something beyond individual's word. And there's going to mm. come a day and time. Trust. There's going to come a day and time where people yeah. get an opportunity to let their words come back and bite them in the proverbial exactly. ass. And here's the thing. There really is no lack of love, if you will, because there never was in the first place, but what transpired had nothing to do with Monique being difficult. It had everything to do with Lee Daniels feeling as if Monique had disrespected him because during her Oscar speech, she thanked the whole precious cast. And didn't say him directly because she had a message to share with the world by saying, sometimes you have to do what's not popular because it's right. And because he did not get acknowledged in the way in which he saw fit, he had a problem with that. And so went the black ball thing, because here's the question I would ask anyone listening. Why would you have this same woman that year? give you the man of the year award through the LGBTQ community? Why would you give her the script to the butler? And why would you send her over an offer to, uh, to empire? All of which we have documentation of. So I say this to say, people can say whatever they want to say, but what they really need to say is I'm sorry. And they'd be surprised how far that can go if they just own their shit and be honest and say, you know what? I supported her when she did it and said she was right. And to turn around and go against it, it is no different than what we're talking about right now as it pertains to Colin Kaepernick taking a knee. Exactly. Monique mm-hmm. took a knee and she said, listen, mm-hmm. I did everything I was supposed to do for this film. Everything. There was no questions being posed for me to do anything internationally. And they keep asking me, what would it take for me to do this internationally? And my husband simply posed the question, was there a dollar amount associated with your ask? 
And that somehow turned into me being this guy that's asking for money for her to promote. No, you were asking me for ways in which we could get her to do extra for you. And, mm. and then I posed the question, was there a dollar amount associated with it? And the dollar amount that may have been associated with it, had they given, been given, may still not have been enough. I just was asking the question so mm. I could have something to go back on. So as it pertains to Lee and as it pertains to Brother Tyler, and again, when you have people, see, the world has told Monique she was wrong and she should just shut up. Mm-hmm. But the question I would ask the world to p- please be brave enough and, and do, ask Tyler Perry, did he tell Monique and I that he was wrong mm. for saying and not speaking up and saying that Monique was not difficult because really he had no interaction with her? Mm. Did he say it was wrong and did he say that he was going to tell the world that it was wrong? when he was going to promote his next movie because he said that Monique and I had it too hot to mm. talk about it right now. Like we like we up on the corner selling that crack rock <laughs> and and they done rolled up on us. Now the feds know that, that we got the block hot. The That's block how he talking. Hot. The block is hot. You know, we got the block hot, okay? So when you hear that, I want the world to ask him that because – when the world hears it from a billionaire that he is afraid to say that she was wrong in public, mm-hmm. okay, just like the world was afraid to say Colin Kaepernick is right mm-hmm. yep. until you get something to take place which makes people so emboldened because mm-hmm. they think that the world is so filled with sheep that I can say whatever we want. And then people finally wake up and say, wow, this is what was being said all along. So we appreciate your heart being heavy because you just made ours a bit lighter Mm. just from having that conversation with you, my brother. Mm. Thank you all for everything you do. I appreciate it. And thank you for the topic today. And I'll be calling in next week more than likely. We love you, baby. Come on, call on in. Call on in. Thank you all. Thank you. Thank you, sweetness. You know, to, today when uh, when I was getting my hair done and Tommy, for as passionate as she was earlier, is as passionate as she was when she was doing my hair. And she was like, hold up. What's different? Like, what's different? What, what, you're simply saying we need equality. What's different? And it's like... It's nothing different, but the biggest difference is, in my humble opinion, is fear. It is fear. Because do y'all know how long a black woman has been saying we're not paid equally? I can take you all the way back to Hattie McDaniel. I can take you back to Louise Beavers. I can take you back. I can take you all the way back. This is a statement that has been made all the way up to now. And the same thing that's happening right now is the same thing that happened then. It was fear. It was fear of the the woman of color standing together and saying we can't tolerate it. So when y'all that's the answer that I have to come up with. It is fear. It is fear of, listen, I'm making more money than I've ever made in my life. I know it ain't the right money, but it's more money than I've ever made. And when Megyn Kelly stands up to Donald Trump, now she has a new show. 
So we get a chance to see it, and it's blatant. And someone put in there, just like Kat, Monique is unemployed. And I want to address her. <laughs> I'm an entertainer, baby. And if you're in Kansas City, uh, Kansas, <laughs> you should come on and see me uh, do my live stand-up show at the Improv. So come on out, sugar. And, and if you're in uh, Cleveland, Orlando, I can run the list. But what happens is, and when you say Cap is unemployed, Cap is good. Cap is good. Because you have a man that says, listen, financially, I'm okay, but I have to take a stand. And if no more ever comes in, then that's what it is. But if it comes in for the next one, I'm willing to take that. And when you have people that are saying, hey, we're locking arms because Donald Trump, who happens to be a Caucasian man, referred to the players as sons of bitches. But are we locking arms because we know the mistreatment of this black man that we call passionately Cat. Are we locking arms for that brother? Because no one said Cat was a bad guy. No one said he rude, disrespectful, he's mean, he's an asshole. Everything you've heard about this man is he's a give backer. And they say he's better than some of the starters in the NFL and better than pretty much all of the backups. So when you have a guy that went Almost, almost took their team to the Super Bowl, to the Super Bowl. He's not going to just be an atrocity all of a sudden. But you can look at that, you know, Donovan McNabb not getting an opportunity to play again. That guy's a legend. But had he been a Caucasian quarterback, I think it would have been handled differently. But the question we need to ask is when are you going to get Colin Kaepernick back in the NFL? When are you going to get him back in the NFL? If you can lock arms with me, that means that what you're saying is what we were doing is right. And what you're also saying is that Colin Kaepernick was ahead of the curve. Come on, So if if we're right by kneeling together and this man had the vision and the foresight to do it before everybody else, reward him as such. Because I believe the owner of that team, what they're more concerned about is the out the backlash they're gonna get from the quiet money that people don't know is put into these football teams and on the football field and the vendors and the people who are giving them the peanuts, the farmers and all that. We don't know all about those. But these are the things that they're considering as business people. No one is taking a stand or it's difficult for many to take a stand on what's right and deal with the consequences of doing the right thing as opposed to I'm going to do the wrong thing and reap the benefits of still getting the money that's associated with it. And when Mm. we learn how to put right over green, watch how the world starts to change. Mm. Watch how it starts to change. And we can do that today. So, Brother Tyler, Brother... Uh, uh, Lee, but especially you, Tyler, because you said you said you was going to apologize and tell the world that she was not wrong for what it was that she was doing. And if you could tell David Talbert, as you admitted to us, that his wonderful experience that he had with Monique on right on uh, um, my on almost Christmas. I was going to call it a Myers Christmas. If you can say that to him. 
and say that it wasn't your experience, but you bring that to, up to him after he says he had a wonderful experience, feel comfortable in bringing up to the world that you never had a bad experience with Monique, and however could she be wrong for not doing something that she was contractually obligated to do. You said you were going to do it, brother. I want to see if you're going to be bold enough and bad enough to do it, or are we telling a lie on you? Come on. Baby, because I was waiting for him to answer. Shit, you took that pause. You know, somebody put in there, uh, we knew this was going to come back around to you talking about you. Well, it's called Monique and Sydney Open Relationship, goddammit. Goddammit. So, yes, y- yeah, it came back around. But I want to thank you for keeping your ass with us for the whole hour to see it come back around, goddammit. it, come back around. And let me say this again. I'm going to keep on talking. And we're going to keep on speaking until something is done. If not one want to lock arms, we locked. We locked. And we locked. And we're going to keep on having a conversation because we actually believe the best in Tyler and in Lee, that they have consciences. And that eventually that conscience will be their guide and allow them to tell the truth. Because when they do that, they don't understand the respect that's actually waiting for them. They think it's going to be a lot of criticizing. It will be because they're going to say, why y'all asses ain't say something sooner? Y'all got to eat that one. But the level of respect to clear somebody's name and when you know that it's wrong, when you admit that it's wrong, but then you don't have the courage to say to the world that it's wrong, but you sit back and you allow others to say it, and then you share that with other people. All I'm saying is, what was that million dollars you gave the TD Jakes all about? What was was that a show? Because if it's about God, what would God do? What would Jesus do? Would Jesus tell the truth in real time, or would Jesus wait till his movie was coming out to then speak on what's real? That's all I'm saying. I want to read this. I wish you were my father growing up, Sid, because you definitely know how to break issues of the world down. Hey, I wish I was my own father when I was growing up. (laughs) I wish I was my own motherfucking father when I was growing up, humbly. But I wouldn't be the person that I was if I didn't have the type of father that I had um, in, in the upbringing. But we appreciate that. We appreciate that, and we appreciate y'all tuning into the show. And these questions that we posing, we want you to put them out there because we got to believe in ourselves. We got to believe in the people that do us wrong. Believe in them enough to say that we're having the conversations, not to make folks look bad. See, we didn't come on the show talking about Wendy Williams and her husband and what happened because as much as she talked about They're in an open relationship. Come to find out, sounds like you are too. (laughs) Sounds the fuck like you are too, but ain't nobody tripping. Ain't nobody tripping. Ain't nobody tripping, because guess what it sounds like? You got a handle on that. Despite the emails to speak about the love that he has for her and everything, and he loves you both, you said, but you say she's just a friend. Oh, baby, oh, you. You got what I need. Come on. Uh, but you say she's uh, just uh, a friend. Uh, 
And you huh? say huh? you just the freak oh, out, baby. baby. You. Yo. Okay, goddamn. Come on, that well, nigga, okay, he's half out too. too. He's half out well, too. It just you. jumped up. So Shit. because of that, it's like y'all do you, and maybe, maybe you, Wendy, will reevaluate how hard you be coming for folks, cause you human too. You human too, dealing with regular shit. But that's all we got to say. And don't think we, you say we ain't talk about Oprah. See, the one thing, the reason why we hadn't, cause Oprah does something that she's. Uh, uh, master, it's the art of silence. It's the art of I am not coming out of my hole. I ain't saying nothing. I ain't saying nothing, man. I, I, I. But Lee and Tyler, they've spoken up. Which one of them will do the right thing and be real? But what were you going to say, Mama? What I was going to say is, uh, and, and, and I believe that Oprah watches the scopes. So what I will say is that Sydney and I would love to come on and do Super Soul Sunday. Uh, she had the black love couples. Oh. The couples of black love uh, come on. Because what happens is with the silence is golden, she knows. And if we ever had an open and public conversation in front of the world, I'm not sure how our sister would fare amongst the community. You know what? I believe Oprah would fare incredibly well. Talk to it. You know why? Why, Daddy? Because it's the equivalent of sometimes when we hear what it is that we're saying Mm -hmm. and we hear what we're saying in front of individuals who we also know are evaluating what we're saying and what is being presented to us begins to be too much than we have to reply with, the only thing to do is take it to the chin, apologize, and see how it goes from there. Mm-hmm. And I believe that she's smart enough that that's what would transpire. Courageous enough to initiate it on her own, her or Tyler, what happens is the world has got people's minds so blown with status Come on. That they don't understand that their status would be up the more real you appear as opposed to the more unrealistic that you are. Mm. Well, shit. But I go too far. Oh, baby. Mama, Mm? that's our time. That's our time. So we want to thank each and every ear, each and every mind, and each and every heart. Because you could have been doing anything else at this very moment, but you decided you wanted to come play with Monique and Sydney in an open relationship. Come on. And like my daddy always says, the mind is like a parachute. It is no good unless it's open. We love y'all. For free. Mwah. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.